to share something with you today that, that um, has been stirring in my heart for quite a while now, for several months, and I believe is going to affect you and me and this church in the new year. You know, usually this time of year, pastors kind of, I, I don't want to tell on us, but we kind of lean back a little bit on our Christmas messages. You know, we, we, you know you've been doing this as long as I have. I forgot, uh, you know, I don't know how many Christmas messages I've got. It's not hard. The hard part's to find something new. But, you know, it, it's just that season. But the Lord gave me some instructions a couple of, um, almost two months ago now, that um, we're going to step into next year. And uh, so I want to share a message with you, and I'm, I'm going to tell you about it as we go. But the, the message of my today is called the Common Communion. I got two of these today. Who wants one? Yeah, I know you all do, but you can't have it. <laughs> one's for me, and one's for somebody else. And what I want to share with you today is not particularly about us together here today, but what I believe the Lord wants to do in the near future. And I'm going to read a scripture to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. I'm going to read this out of the Taylor translation. No, this is not something my son came up with. <laughs> no. No, it's really an excellent translation. I want to read this to you, and then I'm going to share with you some things that the Lord is speaking to me. So listen to this. When we ask the Lord's blessing upon our drinking from the cup of wine at the Lord's table, this means, doesn't it, that all who drink it are sharing together the blessing of Christ's blood. The bread which we break shows that we are sharing together in the benefits of his body which was broken for us. And then verse 17 in the New King James says, For we, though many, are one bread and one body. Now listen to this. And we all partake of that one bread. We have a common communion. What, what, what I hold in my hand today is common to all of us that are believers. It's, it represents the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sharing that we do together and that we operate in and function in together. And you know, the devil's tried to pervert it and religion's tried to pervert it and you know, there are certain, um, I don't want to call them sex or certain uh, people that don't, you know, they don't believe that, that uh, people can touch the communion cup. Well, Jesus passed it to all his disciples. Amen. He didn't hold it. He passed it to everybody. Same with the bread. It was broken for everybody. Uh, you know, I had one church I preached in in Brazil one time, and the pastor said that the moment he prays, that, that grape juice becomes the blood of Jesus. Literally. And that bread literally becomes a body of, broken body of Jesus. And... Um, I had a few words to say with him about to him about that. But the point is, there is a real communion that we share 
And that communion is powerful. It talks about it here that, that we actually are sharing the blessings of the blood. You know what the blessings of the blood are? You know what the primary blessing of the blood is? Forgiveness of sins. I can't tell you how many times that blessing has covered my life. Don't look at me so holy and know it's none of your business what they were. But forgiveness is a part of that blood that was shed for us. And then it goes on to talk about that we share together the benefit. I love the way it says that the benefits of the body which was broken for us. You know, over in Psalms, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget all, all his benefits. Pretty good. There are benefits to that broken body. Healing is one of them. There are benefits to the blood. Forgiveness is one of them. And when we receive communion, we share in that. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me today. That body that was broken, that blood that was shed, declares way more over our lives than it just a few blessings, a few things. It is literally the jubilee that's declared by that blood and by that body, that we are free. Jesus proclaimed it in the beginning of his ministry, and he was reading a jubilee verse. He said, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Well, verse, verse 18 says this. It said, listen to this. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom from the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, to preach to prisoners, you're set free. I've come to share the message of jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. This represents that acceptance. This represents everything Jesus on that day stood up and declared for us. I like the Amplified Bible. It says, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Now, I know some of you said, well, I ain't seen none of those lately. That don't mean you're not going to see them now. Doesn't mean you're not going to see them in the future. I believe by the Spirit of God, listen to me, we're about to enter into an unprecedented season in the body of Christ. But listen to me, we have to be prepared. You can't play church. Well, you're here, so the ones that are playing church aren't, weren't here this morning. They'll be here next Sunday. Maybe I'll preach this next Sunday. Amen. Just joking. Don't get upset with me. Okay? The... the uh, the message translation says it this way. To announce this is God's year to act. Listen to me. I believe 2024 is going to be a tough year in the world. 
but I believe it's going to be God's year to act. So what does that mean? Well, what do you need? What are you looking for? I believe it's, God, it's going to be God's year to act. And we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready. Now listen to this. Just as the children of Israel were repair, preparing for the great exodus from Egypt, while they were preparing, listen to me, they had all kinds of problems in their lives. They had all kinds of struggles going on in their lives during that time. The, the Bible says that, that the king had appointed taskmasters over God's children. They were in captivity. They were in bondage. And so the king appointed taskmasters over them. And there were three of them. The first was the chief of tribute. Every, I'm going to use the word dollar, everything they got financially was taxed or stolen or taken away from them one way or the other. They, they lacked in that area. Any of you ever been there? Yeah. Okay, that's the taskmaster. That's what they were under. The other one was called the chief of works. Now listen to this. He kept them so busy, they had no energy for anything else. He was the one that had told them, you're going to have to figure out how to make bricks without straw. Burden down was the third one. And it actually was called the chief of burdens. He was in charge of keeping them beat down, weighed down, worried, depressed, oppressed. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That's what they were facing. But God said, well, I know those are the things that you're facing, but there is about to be a Passover that's going to solve your problems. There's going to be a Passover that's going to solve your problems. Now here's an important thing I want to tell you. Listen to this. Moses didn't gather them together to prepare them for the Passover, for the new beginning. This is important. Listen to me. He did it by household. He told them, he said, I want you to do this. I want you to take a lamb. And I want you to take that lamb and I want you to kill that lamb. And I want you to take the blood and I want you to put it over the doorpost. I don't have time to get into this today, but I will. On the doorpost. And I want you to take that lamb and I want you to eat all of it. Roast it, eat all of it. 
And when the death angel comes by, he'll pass over your house. But you know, listen, and I don't have time to get into this today, but literally the Passover was telling them that God will pass over you with the death angel, but he will pass through your house by the Holy Spirit. He will come into your house. I, I'm, I don't have time to get into it, but I'm going to show you that. Okay. So he prepared them. Listen to what I'm saying today. This is important. He prepared them by household. He didn't gather all of them together and say, all right, here's what we're going to do. He did it by household. Now, I want you to listen to me very carefully, and you're going to have to watch the Word of God here because this is going to help you. Okay? The Father still works on the timetable of the feast that He created through the children of Israel. If you don't believe it, go find I don't. I'm not going to get into it today. But every feast, every major feast was an encounter that brought people to Jesus, except for one that has not been fulfilled. It's the Feast of Harvest. Feast of Tabernacles. It's coming, folks. And I think it's coming quicker than we, 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 we can even imagine. He still works on that timetable. The things that are going on in Israel right now, it is interesting that they're all working on a timetable based on what the children of Israel are doing. When did they have their attack? Yeah, listen to me today. I could go back and show you other, other times when, when they were attacked. When things happened in Israel, it was always around feast times. It was always around Days that the Lord declared were holy. He hadn't changed that timetable. Now, now listen to me. I'm not trying to get back over into the old covenant. We're not going backward. We're just bringing everything forward through Jesus. I'm going to show you this from the word. Okay, so follow me here. We have a better covenant, Hebrews 8, 6 says, based on better promises. But God's timetable is the same. He set up a time frame. He was dealing with Israel. He set that aside, listen to me, for a dispensation of grace, 2,000 years, and then he said, I'm going to turn my attention back to them, and I'm going to deal with them according to their own feast, their own life, their own lifestyle. He doesn't change any of that. We're not responsible to keep it. Y'all still with me? But he hadn't changed the timetable, nor has he changed the blessing of it. Okay, I'm going too far, so just follow me here. But Jesus, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus is our Passover lamb. It says Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Okay, so he was our Passover lamb. It didn't say he did away with Passover. He said it was, he now became the Passover lamb. Didn't take away Passover. Have you ever understood what you do on Saturday, on Friday? You know what the Friday celebrates? 
It's a, it's a Passover celebration. Now, we don't celebrate it on the right date most of the time. But the point is, listen to me. You've got to hear what I'm saying today, and it's going to be more important as we go along. But you've got to understand that God still keeps his feast with his people, and we're his people. Okay. But it's all through Jesus. It's not based on some Old Testament thing. It's based through, on Jesus, our Passover lamb. Now, now, it always, listen to me, it reveals purpose, it reveals promise, it, it reveals destiny for us. Now, let me show you this in the Word so this will help you. And I'm going to read this out of a translation. It's mainly because of the way it says it. It'll save me having to say it for 10 minutes, okay? It's Luke chapter 22 where Jesus himself listen to me, is, is, is preparing for Passover. Okay? Listen to what he says. And I'm going to read this out of the Weymouth translation, which is a very reliable translation. Listen to this. He said to them, earnestly, I have longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I've longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now, now listen to this next phrase. It's important. Jesus said, I tell you that I certainly shall not eat it. When? Again. You ready? Listen to the next part of this. Till its full meaning has been brought out in the kingdom of God. Do you understand that the Passover is something that should be celebrated not because we have that one glass turned upside down because we don't know who the Messiah is because, but because we drink out of that cup? That's what Jesus did when he did Passover. He took that cup that was turned over because it belonged to the Messiah and he said, we're going to drink out of this one. That's the one we drink out of. But it's still the Passover. And Jesus said, I'm not going to drink it again because I'm going to finish this up now. He said, I'm not going to drink with it again until there's a point in time. Until its full measure has been brought out in the kingdom of God. Until its full meaning has been brought out in the kingdom of God. We hadn't seen all of what that Passover does. We haven't even seen all the things that that body that was broken for us did or that blood that was shed for We haven't seen it all. And Jesus said, you won't until this thing is over. Now, Paul gave more revelation than Peter and John had. Go read it, and, and I'm not going to take time to read this today because I, I really don't want to get into that. But, but, but in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul said, there were things that were revealed to me. Jesus revealed them to me about the communion table, and we found out about it, didn't we? And we found out it was talking about the body of Christ. We found out that if you mess with the body of Christ, you'll die or get sick or weak. John and Peter didn't know anything about that. All they knew was a simple 
take and eat. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. So when Peter, when Paul comes along, more meaning came to it. But that's not all the meaning. Are you going to give us more? No, I don't know anymore. I'm telling you what I know. But I can show you another secret that was revealed in Revelations. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, another secret of the blood came out. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb. That's not today, that's in the future. It's still overcoming. The blood still works. Its meaning is being revealed. But I want you to listen to me. The full meaning of the blood and the body of Christ will not be revealed until one event, the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the bride sits down with the Lamb, all is going to be exposed about his broken body and the power of that blood that was shed. And it goes so far beyond what we know. I wish I had a glimpse. The only glimpse I've got beyond what Paul said is what he said in Revelations. Somehow, that blood was used to overcome. Now, we've got our own ideas about it, and we talk about pleading the blood, which is not in the Bible, by the way. How many of you ever said that? I'm not telling you to quit saying it. But I've heard that, and I never have been able to find it in the Bible. But the blood is real. And I know here they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. So it's not going to hurt anything. Y'all listening to me? But it, it was a secret. It's a secret. The full meaning of that is going to come when we sat down with Jesus at that supper. You think we're going to eat steak and baked potato and... No. We're going to eat bread and blood. He's going to sit there and he's going to give us the full meaning. We're going to see the full meaning of what that body and what that blood is all about. You can go read Paul's account of this and get a glimpse at the power of it that you can actually take this unworthily. It's pretty scary. So now I'm going to have to switch, switch, um, switch gears for a minute. Okay, and I'll come back to this. I want to read a scripture to you in Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Paul said, I kept nothing back that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. You know, 
that, that exploded in me one day during communion, when we, last time we had communion. The, the Lord began to speak to me in a strong way, in a powerful way. The Apostle Paul, he didn't just hold public meetings. He wasn't just an evangelist that got out there and held these big public meetings. He went house to house. Now, you think that, wasn't, that was an easy thing because it was a small community. How about Ephesus? 100,000 people in the church at Ephesus. I'm sure he didn't go to all of them, but he went house to house. Y'all still with me? Have I lost anybody publicly and house to house? Listen to me. Communion in your home extends the church into your home. Let me say it again. Listen to me. Communion in your home extends the church into your home. Okay, you got it? It's a divine, supernatural connection for the church. Your house is a spiritual house. That's what the Bible says. You're, you're a spiritual house, but you live in a house. Paul went to people's houses. He didn't go to their spiritual houses. He went to their house. So, when we talked about Passover being an invitation, literally putting that blood over the doorpost was an invitation for the Holy Spirit to come in and for the death angel to go over. Okay? So listen to this. We're going to spread out the common community all over this city. Next Sunday, I'm going to have a map, and I'm going to show you where everybody lives. Now, I'm not going to give them your address and phone number, but... But if you don't behave, I will. So. <laughs> so you can see wherever everybody is. Well, what's the purpose of that? Because that communion can impact not just you, but those around you. Just hang with me here. This is important. I know I'm going in two different things, but it's all tied together. Okay? We're a common community with an area-wide influence through that communion table. With your family, your neighbors, your community. All right, so now listen to me because this is what the Lord showed me. I'm going to read, read Acts chapter 20 to you again, and I want you to listen to this. Verse 20, Paul said, I kept nothing back which was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and house to house. Now listen to this. When I read that scripture, God spoke something to me. Now listen to me. He said, I want you, me, to go into every home of the members of your church and have communion. Didn't say a few. Every home. Now, you don't understand this, but we've got 1,500, is that right? Some 1,500 families. And I want you to do it between January 2nd 
and Good Friday. Three months. March 29th. I want to tell you something. I have never done anything like this, nor have I ever heard of this. I am not telling you this out of some great revelation of what God's going to do when I do it. I have no idea what's going to happen. All I'm doing is being obedient to the Lord. And I'm not sending somebody else. I'm coming. I'm going to bring one of these for me, one of these for me, and one of these for you. Now, I'm going to explain it to you. I know it's a little bit different message, and if you're a, a visitor today, I'll come to your house too. <laughs> Amen. Okay? But I, I know in my heart, listen, we, I, I've sat down with the staff, and I'm going to talk about this later, but we've got this thing planned out. But I, I have to be honest with you, when I've talked to, to, to other pastors, and I've, I've shared this vision with several other pastors, they said, I've never heard anything like that. You know, and they're telling me all the things God's going to do. And I said, well, we'll see. It's not a lack of faith. It's just a lack of, I'm just doing it by obedience. And I'm, I'm going to share a little bit more about it with you. But we're going to start scheduling times in January, and I'm going to tell you how. I'm not doing this, I'm doing it personally for your household. That means, so when I, my, my husband, my kids, they, they don't come to church. Good, bring them. I mean, let them, I want them there. I want them there. I, I, I want them to be a part of this. Maybe you've got a, a neighbor. I, I want them to be a part of it. But listen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some things here uh, about it. But it's for your household. It's not a group thing. I'm not looking for church members to gather together and do this. In fact, I want just the opposite. I, if, if literally I could go into every home, and I don't care whether you live in an apartment, as long as you got your lights on, I want to come. <laughs> or let me know and I'll come during the daytime. It's not a group thing. Now, I understand, they're, 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 and there'll be provision for those who are unable to allow me into their home for whatever reason, but I believe it's important for every household to receive communion with me if possible. I'm your pastor. Okay, that's why I'm doing this. I'm not bragging on me. Do you have any idea how much work this is going to be? You don't know, but I know. But I know in my heart, the first three months of, of, of 2024 are committed to this. I'm doing this strictly out of obedience to the Lord. The expectation is purely what God promises about the common communion that we have. I do believe it's going to be a new beginning for some people. That's what Paul, and if you go read Exodus 12 too, the first thing that the Lord set them up was with, with the Passover was this will be a new beginning for you. This is the year that God's going to act. This is the year that God's going to act.
So let me give you a little bit of uh, idea about this, okay? I'm going to come and share a word of encouragement with you. What is it? I don't know. We're going to receive communion together. And we're going to pray for the needs of that household. We're going to pray for the needs of that household. That may not be the order we do it. We may do communion at last. It's not going to last more than 30 minutes, 45 at the most, depending on, you know, the, 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 the number of people there. I'm not looking for you to feed me. I'm not looking for you to make coffee for me or to do anything. You don't have to do anything but open your front door. Other family members are welcome to participate. The only thing I ask is that there be a maximum of 10 people. Maximum. It could be two. It could be one, but a maximum of 10, of 10 people. There are going to be some that I understand about their household provision, and, and, and Moses made, made um, provision for that. With the, he, said, he said, if you don't have enough people for the whole lamb, then go to somebody else's house. So that we're, we're going to have provision to help guide you with that, but don't hide behind that. Well, but you know, I don't know. I want pastor in my house. Well, that's a problem. You don't want your pastor in your house. Amen. No, we're gathered together for one simple purpose. We're going to do it, and I'm, I'm going to leave. Because I'm going to tell you, this is going to take a lot of appointments every day and night for me to do this. But it's not going to be a hardship. It's not going to be a hardship. So let me tell you, that's what it is. But let me tell you what it's not. Okay. It's not a fundraiser. I'm not taking up an offering. Okay? It's not even about visions or goals of the church. It's about the believer and their household. That's it. It's not about addressing or regressing the church or members' concerns about the church. I don't want to hear it. You don't want to be taking communion and complaining. And I'm not going to listen to it. We can talk about that some other time. It's dangerous. Listen, I'm serious about this. this is, it's dangerous. It's not political in nature at all. I'm not making any promises about what might happen. I'm not trying to build your expectation to something beyond what the Word of God says and what your faith can attach to. But I am personally expecting God to move in your house. How? I don't know. I don't know. All I'm doing is obeying God's unction by the Holy Spirit. I'm not the least bit concerned about your house or your neighborhood or what your house looks like, I don't care. I lived in shotgun houses growing up. I have no problem going to a shotgun house. I know what they're like. I lived in one. I had a lady in my church. She for many, was a member for, for many years in my church. 
And I kept bugging her and bugging her about fixing me something to eat because she's a really good cook. Oh, well, I'll bring it to your house. I said, no, I want to come to your house. I want to come to your house. Oh, you don't want to come in my neighborhood. Yeah, I want to come to your house. And Becky went to her house. She was shocked that we would come to her house. I was hungry. <laughs> it was good. I told her I'll be back. Don't get hung up on carnal things. Okay? So this is a new beginning. Okay? I believe it can be a new beginning. I'm just telling you. I'm not promising. I'm just telling you. It can be a new beginning for your family, for your finances, for relationships, for your job, for restoration, even for a closer walk with the Lord. Jesus is our jubilee. And we put the blood on the doorpost of our heart. It's amazing what he can do. His body and his blood gave us access to all that heaven says, has. Ephesians says, make, listen, listen, I love this in, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 3, it says this, listen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I like one translation. It says, blessings that heaven itself enjoys. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 in the Passion. Yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you've been brought delightfully close to him, listen to this, through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united with Christ. Let me tell you something. Hebrews tells me in chapter 12, verse 24, that the blood speaks. It speaks. It, it answers for us. We overcome by the blood. How? Because we, we, we're believers in what that blood did for us. Let me just read you a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read this one to you uh, out of the Amplified Bible. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, I love this. Day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose. That's coming to church for us. And in their homes, where? In their homes, they broke bread. I love this. Amplified Bible says, including the Lord's Supper. They partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts including the Lord's Supper. Now, I dare say there are many of you probably not even ever had communion in your home, or maybe, you know, Becky and I have, we usually do it when we, get, we need help, and we start having communion in our home. But I, I'm just telling you, I believe God wants to do something in your life, in your family, in, in, in whatever you're facing in your, in, in your life. And this is not only going to do that for you, but it's going to draw all of us closer together. Amen? Oh, in Acts chapter 10, Peter went to Cornelius' house. And while he was, Peter was 
talking. It said, while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles also. I I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what the Word says can happen. Over in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas had been in prison. God supernaturally delivers them. And guess where they went? They didn't go into a public arena. They went to the jailer's house. They went to the jailer's house. And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus, you will be saved in your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them in the same hour, washed their stripes immediately, and he baptized the whole family. Think about that. I I don't know what God's going to do, but I know what he can do. And and here's, here's the reason. You ready? Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in their midst. I'm in their midst. This is not a gimmick, folks. It's not something I'm trying to do. It's not even something I thought up. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit dropped it in my spirit that I preach to you publicly, but I need to come to your house. And the, way, the best way I know to do it is with this. And I believe if we do that, we're going to see God do something in your life something supernatural, something different, something you've never experienced before, something I've never, I, I don't know what to expect. It may not, have, nothing may happen when we do it. It may be later. It'll be like a time bomb. I don't know, but I know I'm not doing it in vain. The, the Lord would not tell me to do this if it was done in vain. So let me give you some instructions. I know this is a little bit different service, but it's okay. If you're a guest today, you're welcome to sign up. Just tell them, hey, I'm a guest, but I I want this in my life. Okay? So online registration will go live at the end of the service. Okay? If you need help, Connect Point will have people out there. One whole side of the Connect Point desk is going to be for people to ask questions. Or if you want to sign up and you, for some reason, can't do it online, you just don't have that capacity, don't, don't tell anybody you don't. Just tell them you need some help. But, but you can go out there and they'll, they'll, they'll help you. You don't need to prepare anything. Just lock your dog up. (laughs) Okay? That's all I ask, you know. I'm going to bring communion with me. You don't have to provide anything. I'm bringing it with me. Somebody will be with me. I won't be alone. I'll have a staff member or some, some church members to be with me. 
I'm not going to bring a crew with me. It'd probably be just one person. I'm not going to be like Peter when he went to Cornelius' house and bring half the church with him because he was scared. <laughs> no, but somebody, you know, well, more than likely somebody will be with me. So if you're a single uh, person, you know, especially a lady, don't, don't be concerned about it. I'll bring somebody. Becky will be with me some. Others will be with me. Staff members and others will be with me uh, uh, as we do this. Okay? So I'm, uh, I'm going to bring all of that. You don't have to worry about it. You can ask any question you want at Connect Point. They're going to be out there. They know the answers. We've been planning this. Just didn't tell you about it. Okay? You can go to lifeunited.church, click register under the com common communion logo, and you can register. You say, what are you doing when you register? There'll be places where you can say, I need you to come to my house. We're, we've got the time set up. So all you have to do is pick your time. And all we're doing right now is January. And I'm not going any further if I don't fill January up. I, I'm not going to waste my time trying to talk you into something. You know, it's up to you. But go. And you say, well, all the slots in January were filled. Before you could say that, it's going to be opened up into February. Okay, so don't be concerned about it. But if you, want, if you say, well, I think I'm going to just wait till March, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait. I, I wouldn't wait. Now, obviously, if everybody in here today signs up today, January is going to be full and overflowing into March, I mean, into February already. But it, it, it's very simple. They'll have times, and you can register for that time. And we're going to ask some information from you. If you don't want to give it, we can't register you. We're going to need some information. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? No. No. I'm just joking. We're going to need information. We're going to need your email. We're going to need your phone number. How many are going to, and that can be adjusted as time goes on. How many are going to be there? We're going to, we want their names as well. So, so there's going to be information that you're going to have to, to answer. The maximum is how many? Thank you. Okay. January appointments will be open first. Additional dates will be added as we move toward Good Friday. If you need assistance, go out to the Connect Point. If you have any questions, go out there. They can answer your questions. If you'd like to participate, but there's a legitimate, and I want to say that because some of you just out of convenience don't want somebody at your house. That's not a legitimate reason. The Bible tells us we're supposed to be hospitable because you might even have an angel come to your house. That's why I'm coming. You might have an angel and you don't even know it. All this time you thought I was your pastor and I've been an angel. Becky can tell you that's not true. So if you just have questions, go discuss your options. If you can't have someone in your home for some reason, then listen, I'm sure that may happen. But we can, we can help you with that. Just, just go to the connect point and discuss your options. And, and, and they can help you with that. So I know I gave you a whole lot. I gave you a mouthful. I gave you word first, right? And, and I'm going to be sharing. I know it's Christmas season, and we're going to talk about, you know, some Christmas things. But I've got to get this out. 
And one of the greatest things you can do is tell other people that weren't here today, do you know what pastor's fixing to do? And if you can't repeat it, tell them just to go online where they can read it and so they can understand. So that's the reason I'm coming to you. And listen to me. There is no other agenda. I have given you everything. You understand that? So don't speculate. There's nothing to speculate. This is it. I'm, I just told you everything. We're going to receive the blood and the body of the Lord by faith in your home and believe God for something supernatural in your home to happen. What is it? I don't know. I've got a pastor friend that, that, that um, uh, emailed, I mean, texted me this morning and just said, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. And I said, well, I appreciate it. And here's why. And I told him. And, and uh, after he gasped, I said, I need your prayers. And he said, I got, you got it. Because it's going to be a challenge. Because it's what I'm going to be doing for the next three months. Amen. 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 So it's, gonna, it's even going to alter our January 1st service in a way because our prayers on January 1st are going to be more directed by what do you want in your home when I come? Well, I, I, I don't want you there. Well, there are times when prayers are restricted. You don't believe that? Go look at Jesus. There were times when he didn't want to pray for people. I don't want to pray for this woman. Tell her to leave me alone. He did say that, by the way. You know I'm just joking, sort of, right? But the point is, if every person in this church all 1,500 families or so, and it's not exactly 1,500, but somewhere in that area, says, yes, I believe there can be a powerful explosion in our city. Because listen to me, you represent every part. Of, we have a couple who come from Zwali every Sunday. We have people from Marshall. We, I think they, we have people from D-Berry of all places. Not any berry, D-Berry. <laughs> we have people coming from Minden. And there are other places all over. You think about having communion. And because one of the things I am going to do is I'm going to pray for your household, but I'm going to pray for the community when we receive so it's important that if you can have it in your community, well, I'll tell you, we got so much going on in our community. I mean, we've got uh, a lady in our church, been in our church for many years. You know, she was out in her front yard one day in a drive-by shooting, shot, a, shot a somebody. You know what she did? She didn't run in her house. She ran there and prayed for him, and that for Jesus uh, to save him before he died. So I, you got to understand, listen, I lived in Queensboro. I'm not afraid of Queensboro. I'm not, a, I'm not putting a stamp of bad on Queensboro. That's where this happened. I'm just telling you, I, that's not important to me. That's, what, that's not what it's important. Well, it's such a long drive. Well, Zwally's a pretty good drive, but I intend to go there whether they like it or not. 
And they're here this morning just so they, they can hear me, you know. I, I, I'm intending to do it. Well, what if somebody that's not a member of the church wants you to come? Well, if there's time, I'll come to them too. I'm committed to this for three months. Three months. So I want to encourage you today. Listen to me. Please hear what I'm saying. From what I've read today in the scripture, you understand the power of communion. This is no gimmick. This is not something I'm doing for an ulterior motive. You have it all. I'm doing this because your Lord and my Lord told me to do it. And so we're going to see it, and we're going to see God do something. Amen? Amen. How many of you today are stirred that this is God? Amen? Amen. I, I, I'm, I believe it is. I believe it's God. Now, I know we have people, and I want to have a little disclaimer here, that live in other places, way off places, unless it's Florida, <laughs> you know, like Miami or... Orlando or somewhere or, um, no, I'm just joking. I, I can't come to Dallas. This is for our community here. But put your name on the list. If I'm in Dallas, I'll come. I'll come. But it's important that you understand my heart in this. And I hope I've communicated. I know I've tried to make light of it a little bit. I don't want it to be so serious that you think, oh, my Lord. I, I believe God wants to do something. And I believe he'll do something for you and for your household. Amen? So if you're in this with me, the quicker you sign up, the better. And let me encourage you to two things before I pray over you. But listen, one, I've got a little bit more I want to share tomorrow night, but I need to at prayer. But I need to only speak to people that are coming to prayer. So if you can come to prayer you can hear what I have to say because it's important. Uh, if you don't come, you can't come, and you know people who do come, ask them about it. And the last thing is this. This is the last Sunday to nominate people for Timeless Toys. So if you know somebody that, that's not going to have Christmas, we want to make it happen for them. Amen? We want to make it happen Farm. So this is the last day to do that. And then also, don't forget this coming Wednesday is first Wednesday. Looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Amen. Praise God. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. I want to just pray over you today as we're dismissed. A little different today. But I pray, I pray God stirring your heart up. And, and I want to encourage you just to pray for me during this season. I'm not looking for anything when I come to your home, but welcome. <clears throat> okay? Just welcome. That's it. <clears throat>